If you have your Bible tonight as we come to a close of the meeting, we're turning to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55, please. Isaiah chapter 55. And to a well-known verse of Scripture, so verse 6. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 6. It simply says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. I want to bring your attention just for a very few moments tonight to this lovely passage of the word of God. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. If I was to ask you the question tonight, what is it that you're seeking for? If I was to come down beside every individual tonight and I was to ask you to bear your heart to me and I would say to you, what is it that you're really seeking for in life? Maybe there's a young person here tonight and there's many young people here tonight and we're so glad to see you, but Maybe the answer would be, well, Stephen, I'm really just looking to have a good time. You know, I've looked over the world and I see other young people and they go out and they seem to have fun and they they seem to uh, take their drink and they seem to go out in the parties and they, they seem to have a really good time. That's what I want. And you know, dear friends, tonight, those of us that have been in the world We know what that means when the Bible says the pleasures of sin are but for a season. And no matter how young you are and no matter how old you are and no matter how much sin you you indulge yourself in and no matter how much pleasures you delve into, the pleasures of sin, no matter how big they may be, they're only for a season. Maybe there's someone here tonight and you will say, well, Stephen, you know, it's not really pleasure that I'm after tonight. It's really, it's really possessions that I want. It's really building up a little bit empire of my own. I want to get as much money as I can. I, I want to get a nice house. I want to have a lovely car. I want the things of this world. And I'm going to go all full steam ahead until I get them. Maybe there's someone here tonight and you say, well, I I want to be educated or I want to be famous. I want to be well known. I don't want to die and be unknown by the world. These are things that I'm seeking after. Well, you know, dear friends, tonight the word of God says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. In John's gospel, chapter one, the Lord Jesus, uh, the story is told of two men that are following him. And the Lord Jesus turns around to them and he says to these two men, what? Seek ye. And this text of Scripture that we've come to tonight is a very personal text of Scripture. Whenever we come to the Gospel, it's always personal. Ye get saved one at a time. And if you have never come into a living, vital relationship with God, you're going to have to come as you are to the Lord Jesus Christ. Your parents can't do it for you. Your church can't do it for you. And listen to the word of God. It says, seek 
ye the Lord. And if there's young people in this meeting tonight, as Isaac has already said, don't waste your life. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. You see, he's not always going to be found. And one of the truths that we need to get out again as gospel preachers is this. You cannot get saved when you want. You and I as mere mortals do not have a monopoly over God. He is the creator. He is the one who is holy, holy, holy. He is the one that has no beginning. He has no end. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. The angels that are in his presence at this very moment, the Bible says they cease not to cry day or night, holy, holy, holy. And if you in this meeting tonight got a vision of the holiness of God, I tell you, dear unsaved, it ought to shake us. The purity of God, he's never made a decision that has been a wrong decision. He's never had error in his judgment. All of his decisions are perfect. All of his attributes are pure. All of his intentions are holy. He's a holy God. And every single one of us have been born into this world with a nature that is bent on disobeying God. We never had to be told how to steal. We never had to be told how to lie. Those things just came so naturally. We were born with a natural bend in our nature. You remember whenever Adam and Eve was in the garden, they just disobeyed God once, and they were separated from a holy God. Now I want to ask you a question, dear unsaved tonight in the meeting. How many sins have you committed? Sir Robert Anderson, that great man of God who was instrumental in founding Scotland Yard, he was a great mathematician. And he sat down and he, he, he made a great equation. He said the average man or woman that lives 30 years commits at least one million sins in 30 years. One million sins that have been accumulating and piling up and up and up and up against the holy God. And the wrath of God at any moment could come upon your soul. But I want to tell you, dear friends, that I can't get my mind around this. That while God is holy, 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 pure, 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 while God cannot tolerate sin, and whenever God sees something of sin, there's something of holy indignation, and anger rises within him. And while he hates sin, and while he, he wants to punish and judge sin, and every sin will be judged, the wonder of all wonders is this, that God was manifest in the flesh. He became man. He came down into the matrix of a virgin's womb. There the Lord Jesus Christ, God, manifest in flesh, the creator, the sustainer, the one who is holy, 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 took upon him the form of a man, was found in his fashion as a man, and he humbled himself. And after 33 years of, of age, he died on a cross for you. The day that God was nailed to the cross. My dear unsaved in the meeting tonight, every sin that you have ever committed will be punished. No matter how small it is, no matter how big it is, but I want you to grasp this truth. It will either be punished in hell for all of eternity, 
or else it can be pardoned tonight in the person of the Lord Jesus. And that's why Isaiah, he said, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Seek the Lord, not religion. Seek the Lord, not a new ideology. Seek the Lord, not a turning over a new leaf. To seek the one who is holy, the one who is pure, the one who became man, the one who died on a cross and suffered the just for the unjust. You remember way back in the Song of Solomon, there's a Shulamite woman there and she's in love. She has a lover. And her lover comes and knocks the door. And you know, dear unsaved, there's times in your life when God has knocked your door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And even tonight, if I was to stand silent, you would hear something of the divine knock of God upon your soul. Her lover knocked at the door. She was in bed. She didn't want to be disturbed. And it says that she, she lay on. And then it says that she arose and went out into the street. And this is what it says. I sought him, but I found him not. The one who was near was gone. And dear on saved in the meeting tonight, let me tell you, God has come near. But you can make a decision in your heart as you sit in that very seat, just like that Shulamite and say some other time, some more convenient season, and God could go and never come again. I sought him, but I found him not. One of the most pathetic things that any preacher could ever do is kneel beside a man or woman that is seeking God. And has missed the opportunity of salvation. I tell you dear friends tonight. That you will make a decision. Before you leave this very meeting. And after that decision. God will either come in. Or he could go. And never return. What about Saul. The great king of Israel. It says that Saul. He he played the fool with God. He played fast and loose with the Lord. He, he didn't listen to the word of God. And while God came so, so near, Saul played the fool. And it says that Saul sought the Lord and was not found of him. He had to go to the occult. He, he had to fill that void by witchcraft. The Spirit of God, it says, departed from him. And dear on, see it in the meeting tonight. Let me tell you, very, very seriously and, and solemnly, you tonight could hear God speak for the last time. The Bible says that God speaks once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth not. And there's men and women tonight in Dungannon and all around this island of Ireland who have sat in gospel missions, that have received gospel tracts, who have heard the open airs and agree with the gospel and know the, the doctrines of the, of the gospel. They know that there's a heaven. They know there's a hell. They know the Savior died. But they played the fool with God. And you know, whenever they come into a gospel meeting, if they ever come, 
They come in and they go out and it doesn't affect them. Now let me say this to you tonight, dear friends, from a heart of love. If you sit in a gospel meeting and it doesn't affect you, you're on very, very dangerous ground. Because the Spirit of God, whenever he's drawing, whenever he's speaking, you will know it. But whenever you can sit under the preaching of the gospel, the unadulterated word of God, and it's just like water off a duck's back, it's just like the water running off the tiles of the roof, it doesn't get in, it doesn't seep into your soul, and you leave the meeting and there's no severity, there's no weight of your conscience, there's no conviction of sin. Let me tell you, dear friends, Do not play with God. Don't play with God. What about in the days of Noah? You remember Noah, it says, was moved with fear to the preparing of an ark. He was warned of God of things not seen as yet. I have never seen hell. But I know that it's real because the Bible says it. And I want to warn you tonight of things that are not yet seen. Noah was building the ark for 120 years. He built it alone. A picture of the mercy and the long suffering of God. It says that God waited in the day of his long suffering. My dear unsaved tonight in the meeting. God could stop waiting after this meeting. God could have a quota on his mercy and long-suffering towards you, and that quota could be fulfilled after this meeting tonight. 120 years they mocked Noah. 120 years they, they made him look as if he was a fool. Noah, there's never been rain before. What are you doing building an ark in the middle of the, des- in the, middle of the desert? But you know, there was a day that, that that ark was built and the door was opened. And the animals began to come and that door was open for whosoever wanted to go through. But there was a day when the door was shut and Noah didn't shut the door. It was God who came down in his divine wisdom and God shut the door of the ark. And the rain began to fall and the, the fountains of the deep were opened. And then men and women began to discover that Noah the fool was right. And they maybe came and they beat on the side of the ark and said, Noah, Noah, open the door. But Noah couldn't open the door because God had shut the door. Now, dear unsaved, let me tell you this tonight. If God ever shuts the door of salvation on you, there's not a preacher in the world will ever open it again. The Bible says, I have set before you an open door that no man shall shut. But God could also shut the door and no man could open it. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Now call upon him while he is near. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, you read the story of a woman that had an issue of blood. She was dying. She had spent all that she had. She went to doctor after doctor. But there was a day when the Lord Jesus came and walked straight through her village. It was her last opportunity. 
And it says of that little woman, we don't even know her name, but someday we're going to see her in glory, those that are saved. And it says that she came behind him. And she came in the press and she touched the hem of his garment. She put her trust in the finished work of Christ and virtue went out of the Savior and she was healed, delivered, transformed what doctors couldn't do. The great physician can do and he can still do it tonight, thank God. Oh, what an awful thing it would have been if that woman said, I'll go tomorrow and see him. That's maybe just what you're saying tonight. Some other time. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Then our text goes on and it tells us, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. I tell you, dear friends, whenever Bartimaeus was sitting at the highway side of Jericho, he was blind, he was in beggar's garments, and if you're on sea tonight, the, the word of God says that the devil has blinded your mind. You can't see the severity of your sin. You can't really understand the holiness of God. You can't really comprehend the punishment of, of eternal judgment and justice upon your soul. The devil has blinded your mind to these things, and you're just wrapped in the rags of your sin tonight. And blind Bartimaeus, as he sat at the highway side begging, it says that Jesus passed by. It was the last time that he was ever going to be in Jericho. He was going to the cross. He was never coming again. But Bartimaeus, while he was blind and while he was a beggar, let me tell you, dear friends, he was wise. Because blind Bartimaeus at the side of the highway side, this is what it says, that Bartimaeus began to cry. To call. And friend, tonight in the meeting, if you're not saved on your way down to a lost eternity where every lie and every lust and every sin will be eternally punished, let me tell you, Jesus is passing by. And the word of God says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the cry that came from Bartimaeus' mouth was, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, dear men and women, tonight the world has got no mercy. You do something on a family member or on, on a neighbor, there's no mercy. And yet the one that you have sinned against and defied against and the one that you've even shook your fist in the air and rebelled against, let me tell you, he's outstretched in the arms of mercy tonight. Mercy. And it says of Bartimaeus when he called to the Lord that Jesus stood still. He sought the Lord while he was near and he called upon him while he could be found. What about that day when the Lord was on the cross? My, he was there with the crown of thorns upon his head. It was there where he's pierced hands and feet to that old Roman gibbet, bearing shame and scoffing root. See his body there heaving under the heat of the, the, the noonday sun. See his visage so marred more than any man. He was beaten beyond recognition as a man. His back was like a ploughed field. The hairs were plucked from his cheek. And there was one malefactor on the left hand and one on the right. But you know there was one thief as he, stood, as he was nailed to the cross and looked to the Lord Jesus. He knew this was a different man. 
He said, this man has done nothing amiss. And he turned to the Lord and he says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You know what he did, dear friends? He couldn't work. He couldn't pay. He could hardly even pray. He couldn't join a church. He couldn't be baptized. But there was one thing that he could do, and it's the very thing that you can do tonight. He called upon the name of the Lord. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. There's a seeking here. But very quickly, there's a repenting here. It says in verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And if you're ever going to get saved, if you're ever going to get what Isaac got, if you're ever going to get what I have got and what many in this meeting tonight and millions around the world and over the centuries have got, you're going to have to not only seek and you're not only going to have to call but you're going to have to repent. And that means to turn away from your sin and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me tell you, dear friends, tonight, we never like to be told what to do. You just have to be in my house whenever Charlotte tells me what to do. And there's just something within us. We, we try to argue, don't we? Or we try to say, well, I'll do it some other time or do it yourself. You know, dear friends, God is not asking you to repent tonight. God is not saying, come if you want to get saved. God is not saying, you know, you, you have this option to come to, to me and I, I'll save you when you want. No, this is what the Bible says. God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man in whom he has ordained. I tell you, dear friends, tonight there's a command from heaven upon your soul tonight, and it's the command to repent. The old preachers used to preach it. There's something so obnoxious whenever we hear it, so offensive, but this is what it is. Turn or burn. Turn or burn. Dear unsaved young man in the meeting tonight, turn, turn. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. There's a seeking here. There's a repenting here, but thank God there's a pardoning here. The word of God goes on and says, let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to your God, for he will abundantly pardon. Who is a pardoning God like thee? I tell you, dear friends, tonight, all of the sin of your life taking you down to a lost eternity, all of your pride and rebellion and sin and defiance against God is going to damn your soul. You would only be a fool to reject the gospel. You would only be a fool to, to say, well, I'll live whatever way I want and I'll, I'll seek to uh, stand before God and my own merit, dear men and women. It's God and God alone that can pardon the sinner. Do you know what a pardon is? If you committed a capital crime and a capital punishment and you were in a prison cell and you were going to be beheaded or hanged from a rope and your sin, your offense demanded a capital punishment upon your life. 
And you were moments from dying. And the king or queen or prime minister would come to your prison cell and you're lying there just waiting to be condemned. And they would come in with a piece of paper in their hand and they would give you a royal pardon and they would say, no matter what you have done, I'm going to set you free. Now let me tell you, dear men and women, I know what you would do, for I would do the very same thing. You would say, thank you so much. But God not only pardons sinners, he not only wants to set you free, he goes into the prison cell of sin and he says, I have sent my son to die for you. Your penalty has been paid in full and I'm setting you free. But I want to do more than that. I want to bring you into my family. I want to bless you. I want to come into communication with you. I want to bring you into a life of victory and power where you rise above sin. I tell you, dear men and women, this is the gospel of God. Way back in the book of Nehemiah, it says, But thou, Lord, art ready to pardon. I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all of their sin. And dear on, save tonight, whether it's drink, whether it's drugs, whether it's immorality or sodomy or theft or lying, whatever sin you may be, I want to tell you, because the Savior died, and that red royal ruby blood flowed from his veins, I want to tell you every sin that every man could ever imagine, no matter how high and bad and defiant against God it can be, he can cleanse it and save it and deliver you and change you and make you a new man or woman in this meeting tonight. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new. Finally, there's not only a seeking here. And there's not only a calling and a repenting and a pardoning. There's a taking. You know, before I left the meeting tonight, little Emily, she she came towards me and she said, Daddy, Daddy. And she had a little thing in her hand and she held it out. You would say to me, Stephen, you'd be some father if you didn't take it. That little child in her simplicity, she comes and she wanted to give her father something. And I reached down and I took it and said, thank you. I want to tell you, dear friends, tonight, the God of creation, the God of glory, holy, 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 the one who knows all of your sin, all of your past, all of your background, has got something to give you tonight. I want you to listen to this as we close. Oh, everyone that is thirsty, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. God doesn't want your efforts God doesn't want your trying. God doesn't want your doing. It's all been done long, long, long ago. And that old blood-stained cross at Calvary. And the cry that left the Savior's lips was, It is finished. Stephen, go to the lifeboat and tell them, dear sinners, the work is finished. The price is paid. But you know, dear unsaved, you're going to have to take. Take. Seek ye the Lord. While he may be found, call upon him.
while he is near. Friends, whatever you do, and I've said it every night here in recent days, don't miss the offer of salvation. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near.